that time, the sports talker. Here's TJ Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. I hope you're having a good day. Lots to talk about today here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. <clears throat> I got a, quite a few texts or tweets yesterday about the media story. Uh, it seems like most people enjoyed it. I don't know how sincere they were being, but uh, it was crazy. And, and that happens more, time, that, more times than you'd probably imagine. Uh, I feel that, again, I haven't really had another job, I guess, I've had a few. I worked at a hardware store back in high school and worked at a after-school care program my sophomore year of college. Uh, so not uh, still not the most experienced workplace human being out there. But I, I do feel that media have media members from different opposing websites have more altercations than any other workplace-related uh, disputes. Always fun to watch, always entertaining to watch. I am happy to say I've never been involved in one, at least face-to-face. Uh, everybody's been in a little Twitter fight here and there. Anyways, plenty to talk about today. We're going to put a bow on the UK win over USC and move on, start talking Louisiana Monroe, starting maybe today, maybe maybe tomorrow. There's not going to be a ton to preview for Louisiana Monroe as we don't know a ton about Louisiana Monroe. They're a decent team. They play a lot of uh, SEC programs, big schools, big-time programs, and have had more success than than most of your your small college football mid-major types would ha- would have and have had. Uh, so Kentucky, I think, opened up as a 21-point favorite. I'd say that's probably accurate. If UK plays well, they should, without a doubt, be able to to win by 21. But as Kentucky's shown this year, when they're playing a a team that they should pummel, it hasn't happened so far, uh, with the exception of maybe UT Martin. The Ohio game, Kentucky had a tough time just making that a, a huge blowout. And, and, of course, the Vandy game just a few weeks back, the same thing. So I'd say 21 is a a solid a, a solid opening line and we'll see which way it gets bet if it gets betted up or if it gets betted down but <clears throat> uh, we'll talk a little more about Louisiana Monroe earlier in the week still recapping Kentucky's big win over USC and just how technically the SEC race is going to have to come through Lexington Kentucky and Thinking about it today, it's not completely unrealistic that Kentucky is going to have a chance to win the SEC East. I, I think five and seven will do it. I think five and seven or five and three, excuse me, not five and seven. Five and three will get would get Kentucky to Atlanta, and it is. And while it's not crazy that that could happen, it is. It's so weird talking about the possibilities of how Kentucky can win the SEC in year two of Stoops. And, and while that's being optimistic and while that's all good and and well for UK and UK fans, I do feel that maybe maybe it's a decade, maybe it's even shorter than that. I do feel that it, there's going to be a time when UK fans are going to look back from 2009, maybe 2010, to right now, 
and maybe it maybe goes a year further, who knows. Uh, but that little five to six year window where the SEC East was completely terrible and Kentucky did absolutely nothing to take advantage of it. Now, that obviously, that can change this year. But if there was ever a year that Kentucky was going to win the SEC East, you would have thought it was the year that Tennessee was down as a program. Florida's been down as a program. South Carolina's been good. They've had quite, a, I think, maybe three straight 11-win years. Uh, there's nothing bad about that. Georgia's been good. But neither one of those programs have been dominant or national title contenders come late in the year. There is, UK, fan, UK fans should look back at this time as a chance that UK could have taken advantage of it, but Joker Phillips got in the way. Joker Phillips is gone. Obviously, Stoops was going to need more than a year. I, I think any sane person would tell you that he'd need more than two years. And some people tell you it doesn't matter how many years he has. He's never realistically going to compete for an SEC East championship. But in year two, that's realistic. And, and Kentucky has an unbelievable opportunity in front of them in their final seven games to shock the world, continue recruiting momentum, continue program building momentum, and to, to make Stoops feel really comfortable in Lexington. Now, there's going to be, if this thing continues the way that it's going, Stoops is going to get other job offers. But if he can have such a big impact in year two, UK give him a nice raise then and there, continue to build recruiting, land Damian Harris, then I, I think down the road it's going to make it even harder for him to leave. And I know some people could argue and say, well, wouldn't that mean that he could leave after this year? especially with the Michigan job seemingly open, opening up and the Florida job opening up. Maybe, maybe, but I, I don't think Stoops would be the guy that'd be two and done. I don't. First head coaching job ever. Kentucky's made a huge commitment to the football program because of him. I don't see a scenario where after two years he would do that. People listening, Louisville fans listening, would have never thought Charlie Strong would have done that. And it, it is a similar situation, but Charlie Strong was in what year? Year four, year five? With the Texas job? I, I would feel that Soups would be more likely to leave for the Michigan job than the, than the Florida job. The SEC East is dog-eat-dog, dog, regardless of where you're at. You might be able to get better recruits at Florida than you can at Kentucky, but you're still, you still got to find a way to win the East. And then if you find a way to win the East, you still have to find a way to beat somebody better in the West, or else it really doesn't matter. And if Stoops can compete in year two in the SEC East, why can't he do it in year three and year four? So Kentucky has a great opportunity ahead of them. You obviously assume they're going to win against Louisiana, Louisiana Monroe, and then they're five and one with six games left. Two and one in the SEC. Can they get three more SEC wins and really put themselves in an unbelievable position to win the SECs? Can they? Absolutely. I don't think uh, it would be surprising. It, it would be Interesting to see them win at LSU, 
but not completely shocking. LSU's having a terrible year. Not a great run defense. Mississippi State at home. Mississippi State might be the best team left on UK's schedule. Probably is. But that's a home game. Kentucky played Mississippi State close last year. At Missouri, Indiana could win at Missouri. Why couldn't Kentucky? Georgia at home. South Carolina beat Georgia. Kentucky could beat Georgia. Run defense is going to need to be a lot better by then. It's going to need to be a lot better by Saturday. At Tennessee, Tennessee's not having the year that they hoped. And then at Louisville, not an SEC game, so not really relevant to the SEC East debate. So does it seem unlikely UK can win three more SEC games? Probably unlikely, but certainly not impossible. If you look at it, win the two at home and then just find one of those road games, preferably at Missouri or at Tennessee. And it's extremely realistic. But I think taking care of of home field will be a little bit tougher than much easier said than done, in my opinion. I'm going to give my SEC power rankings. Might start doing this. Everybody else does it. I thought it was kind of fun. The SEC West is unbelievable. I've talked with a lot of people on if the best SEC East team would crack the top seven in the SEC West. Well, you'll find out right now. Number one for me in the SEC is Auburn. They've looked great this year. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And here's the thing about SEC power rankings. People get so caught up on what happens each week. I'm looking at what has happened this entire season. So I'm going Auburn number one. Number two, Mississippi State. I think Mississippi State's very well coached, one of the better coach teams in the SEC, and they have the talent. They're the real deal. Number three for me, Alabama. Yes, I'm putting them ahead of Ole Miss. I'm not overly impressed with Ole Miss. A great win for them on Saturday. But a game that was almost handed to them in a sense. I think if Kentucky could have Ole Miss coming to Lexington instead of Mississippi State, UK fans should feel a lot better about that game. They don't, so it doesn't matter. But but I do think Mississippi State is a few steps ahead of Ole Miss. So I'm putting Alabama number three despite losing to Ole Miss. Number four, I'm going Texas A&M. Yes, they just got crushed at Mississippi State. I still think at home, Texas A&M is going to be able to beat anybody. Unbelievable offense. One of the better offenses in the SEC. Texas A&M, number four for me. Number five, going Georgia. So I, I talked about where SEC East teams rank in the SEC West. So I'm having four SEC West teams, half the SEC West, over half the SEC West before the first East team. 
Georgia number five for me. Uh, they they should have beaten South Carolina. Uh, that's a, a loss th- that's going to haunt them the rest of the season. Number six, I'm going Kentucky. <laughs> I really am. And that might come off as crazy to some. But I, I think right now, based on what we've seen at this point of the year, Kentucky's the seventh best team in the SEC. Yes, they don't have a number one win over uh, a win over the number one team like Ole Miss does. But I'm just not overly impressed with Ole Miss for whatever reason. I'll put Ole Miss at number seven. Kentucky in their two SEC wins. I wouldn't say lucky to get by Vanderbilt. Certainly a little luck involved in their win over South Carolina. But on the on the flip side, completely unlucky against Florida. Should be three and zero. If they're three and zero, putting them six in the SEC isn't crazy by any stretch of the imagination. So number seven, finally put Ole Miss. Eight, and this might be, uh, some people might disagree with this too, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go Arkansas. They haven't won an SEC game, 0-2, but they lost at Texas A&M, looked good, and played Auburn first game of the season. Looked good for a stretch. That's a tough game, though, to play at Auburn opening weekend. You could have probably put any team in that situation. They're not coming out with a win. So at number nine, I'm going to put LSU. So you have the entire SEC West ranked with just two SEC East teams ranked, and one of those teams is Kentucky. 10, I'm going to go Florida. Not super high on Florida. don't think they're great. If Kentucky had the chance to play them in Commonwealth Stadium, the streak was, would be broken this year, no doubt about it. 11, going Missouri. Missouri has a big win, obviously, against South Carolina in Columbia, the other Columbia, South Carolina's Columbia. But to lose at Indiana like that, the way that they did, I know that's not an SEC game. Just kind of a weird, crazy loss. That's their one and only SEC game. They're... They're going to have Georgia this weekend. We'll know a little bit more about South Car- or Missouri after this weekend. At 12, I am going South Carolina. And yes, they did beat Georgia, the number five team in the SEC, but it's, it's a mess. And maybe Dylan Thompson isn't the quarterback that they thought. But the defense has been really, really bad for how much talent it has. Something's not right there. So number 13, Tennessee. 14, Vanderbilt. It's easy to put Vanderbilt last. Nobody would have any complaints about that. Yates, how do you feel about my SEC power rankings? Um, it's certainly a little interesting. Um, I don't necessarily have a problem with Ole Miss behind Alabama, even though they beat them, but I don't know about Ole Miss at seven. That's uh, that, that, that seems a little low to me. 
but I, you know, I don't, I don't know. You've probably watched them a little more than I have, so. It's just the thing about Ole Miss is, Bo Bo Wallace is solid, but not overly. Nothing really jumps out about his game. He generally makes smart decisions, but he really, and I know, you know, it's hard to say this on a on a radio show that focuses on Kentucky sports, but I don't think he's necessarily better than Patrick Tolls. And I would definitely take Kentucky's running back core over Ole Miss's. And Ole Miss has maybe some more, uh, certainly has some talented wide receivers. But look, they're 2-0 in the SEC. They they dominated Vanderbilt in week two. This was when nobody thought Vandy was actually that bad. They thought maybe that Temple game was a fluke. Maybe they'll figure things out. Ole Miss took advantage of that. Vander, Vanderbilt's identity wasn't yet figured out. And then, again, they they, they beat Alabama, and that you can't take anything away from that win because that's a, a huge, huge program win. But let's look at their other game. Memphis, they didn't look great. Boise State, they ended up winning that game 35-13, but anybody that watched that game, it was close through three quarters, really. And Boise State just, I mean, it was one of the worst offensive games that I think I've ever seen. So seven might be a little low. And if anybody that wanted to put Ole Miss ahead of Kentucky, one, they'd be uh, in the majority of, of the thought that Ole Miss is better than Kentucky. I realize I'm in the minority. But I, I'm still, they're going to go to Texas A&M this weekend and they're going to get beat big time. They will. Watch it. But they do have a, a relatively favorable schedule. Their home games include Mississippi State, Auburn, and Tennessee. That's tough, but at least those games are at home. On the road after Texas A&M, they're going to go to LSU and Arkansas. Mississippi State wanted LSU. I, I don't know if that's the same LSU road environment. That it has been. So we'll see. We'll see how Ole Miss finishes. I'm just not overly impressed with their team at this point. But there are my SEC power rankings. Maybe I'll do this once a week. We have Rob Blackhawk tweeting into the show. I'm somewhat of a catch supporter, but slow down on the SEC East champs talk. Your SEC rankings sound solid, except I have to put Ole Miss higher than seven. So that seems to be uh, Yates and and Rob Blackhawk seem to agree that Ole Miss should be a little bit higher. Again, I'm going on the entire season, what they've done. I'm not getting too sucked into their upset win over Alabama. And and on the flip side, you could make a case that Kentucky should have lost to South Carolina should be one and two on that same very, uh, on the same coin though. Kentucky should be 3-0, and that's much – the UK being 3-0 is a much more likely scenario with how things played out than them being 1-2. and two. And that's just my opinion, and you have, you have to look at it from a, from a season standpoint. But with the SEC East talk, Rob Blackhawk, 
it's it's real and it's it's actually possible now Kentucky be doing themselves a big favor by I talk about which games they need to win which games they need to lose well if they're going to lose games I remember they can only afford to lose two more if realistically they wanted to win the SEC East. there's a way that they could be four and four and win the SEC East but that gets a lot of tiebreakers likely would be involved in that situation. There's a way that they could go five and three and win the SEC outright. So if UK is going to lose two more games, lose to the SEC West teams on your schedule, lose to LSU Mississippi state. And that's not, um, that's not super unlikely. Now, if they were to lose to LSU Mississippi state, that means they'd have to win their last three games. That would be tough. But a lot's going to ride on that Georgia game at, at Commonwealth Stadium. It's not it's not super unlikely. Uh, you looked at the way it can the way Kentucky played at Florida. They gave Florida everything they could handle. Punch for punch. Should have beaten Florida. And if they were to beat if they had beaten Florida, the talks right now would have been uh, I couldn't even imagine genuinely being three and zero in the SEC and needing a way to just win two more games to to really put yourself in a great position to make it to Atlanta. I mean, could you even imagine if UK's playing in Atlanta in the SEC championship game? That's generally the weekend of the UK North Carolina game. Generally, the same day that UK North Carolina basketball game at Rupp Arena. Hey, it would likely be a sellout, but that crowd could, given UK's basketball history and how successful the team has been and the expectations heading into this year, nobody would give a hoot about that UK-North Carolina basketball game if UK found themselves playing in an SEC championship game. Still a long way to go for that happen, and I agree with that, Rob Blackhawk, but it's it's more realistic this year than uh, maybe you got to go back to 2007 where Kentucky controlled their own destiny in the SEC East, but that was quickly, all that momentum was quickly deflated after losing to Mississippi State midway through the year. So we're going to head to our first commercial break. We'll come back here on 1450 The Sports Buzz, so stick around. to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. And we're back here, second segment, 1450 of the Sports Buzz. Uh, somebody, uh, a big fan of the Sports Talker, wants some fantasy football advice. Not that, given my 1-4 and four record in my big money league, lost by two points last night. So those keeping track at home, there's two losses by combined. 2.24 points. I don't have a good team, but I could I I feel I should be sitting at three and two instead of one and four. Really bumming me out. Uh, but my girlfriend wants some fantasy football 
advice and some questions. She's in the same league as me in our family league, not a league that I really care about, although my team in that league is unbelievable. Unbelievable, and it's not really even playing to its potential yet. But before my show started, I have a text message that said, should she drop Wes Welker or Vincent Vincent Jackson? And all year she has been on Wes Welker's case. I don't know why. Wes Welker is a really good receiver who's only been back and playing in two games and has had solid outings in both those games. 18 targets in two games, that's nine per game. That's that's really good. 13 receptions, 118 yards. Not unbelievable numbers. Nine targets a game is really good. But he's getting back in the rotation. He's late. He's, he's going to be fine. You're going to want to hold on to him, Hannah. And if you want to drop Vincent Jackson, uh, Vincent Jackson, easier said than done, then go for it. But do know that you've got Niles Davis on your bench who's not going to – Jamal Charles is back and healthy. You, you also have two defenses. You might want to drop one of those. You've got other options than dropping one of the most utilized receivers – So so don't so don't let go of him. Just my opinion. Brun DMC tweets in and says Ole Miss has allowed only three offensive touchdowns all season and only one with starters in. Well, that's that's impressive. That's a that's a good stat, no doubt about that. But uh, and you know they have a, they have a good defense. They do. But let's also remember when talking about Ole Miss this year, they haven't played a true road game. They played at Vanderbilt, but that game was at LP Field where the Titans play, and that was a game where. It was more Ole Miss fans than than Vandy fans. They had a, they had more of a home field advantage than Vanderbilt did. They'll give up three offense touchdowns to Texas A and M on Saturday. I promise you. That Boise State game was ugly as could be. Boise State's offense was terrible. Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt. They didn't score an offense touchdown against UK either, mind you. I don't know much about Louisiana Lafayette. They can't be that good. Memphis is uh, improved, but still Memphis. And Alabama is Alabama. You you would think that they could score three touchdowns on Ole Miss, but they kind of sat on the ball in the second half if you watched that game. They kind of played up trying to score uh, on a long, long drive in the third quarter. Called a couple timeouts. They they really put all their eggs in that drive basket at that point. Up 14 to 10, if I'm not mistaken. 
maybe it was 1710. Put a lot into that drive, hoping that they went up two scores and, and be able to make Ole Miss have to come steal the game from them. They weren't able to score a touchdown on that drive. Alabama. Didn't work out. So let's not take anything away from Ole Miss or their defense. I just, I don't think they're the number three team in the country like their ranking says. And that'll show in time. But as for now, if you don't want to believe me, that's fine. They look good. One, uh, Yates, this is kind of off topic, but before I get into another topic, did you, have you seen the, the dead spin video of the two kangaroos fighting? Uh, I've, I've seen the, the video referenced in multiple places. I haven't taken the time to watch it yet. <laughs> what are you doing with your day? Not you watching should... kangaroos fight, apparently. But I, 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 I do need to, I know I need to watch it. I've, I've seen comments that it's pretty hilarious. I mean, it looks like, just two really big guys. Five, I mean, first off, these kangaroos look like they're six foot six. They look huge. And it, I mean, it looks like, and they're in the street too. And in the, in it's just middle, uh, the middle of the street in this neighborhood. It looks like this middle class neighborhood. And they're just going at it. And also, didn't know this, but the kangaroos use their tails to balance themselves out. So they're standing up like people, but then one will get knocked off his two feet, but luckily his tail will just stand him up like a third leg or a tripod. But it, it's a must-watch video, and it kind of reminded me of after a, a, a couple beers would be flowing, we would generally get my roommates and I back in college, would get in debates of actual mascot fights and who would win those mascot fights. if they were the real animals actually win against each other in the wild and we're getting way off topic here, but we might as well. Now here's the biggest debate we got in. And Yates, you're, you're generally the voice of reason, although you, you generally disagree with me. Okay. So a tiger or a bingle versus a, a bull. What's your take there, Yates? A tiger versus a bull? A bull. Um, I mean, that's a tough. Bull, a, a bull or a bison? A bull or a bison. If it's a bull or a bison, I would go with a bull. A tiger you're and a bull is a little tougher. I'm inclined to go with the, the tiger, but the, the bull has the advantage of the the external weaponry that he, he possesses coming out of his head. Um, I'll go, I'll go with the tiger over the bull and the bull over the bison. see. This is, I, uh, like always, I was in my, my, the minority of this debate. I went with the bull and then my friends all freaked out and said it wouldn't even be close. And they said a bison would have a better chance. A bison's not nearly as athletic as a bull. But it does have thicker hide and is a, a bigger animal. But here's the thing about a bull. Bulls are super athletic. And one one horn 
in the wrong spot on a tiger, and that, that tiger's done. And, and yes, the tiger, I think, is actually close to the same size. And if the tiger can get on its back and get a good bite into the neck, then maybe. But that bull is not going to its not gonna go down easy. It's going to keep wiggling and trying to get free. And once it gets free, then you're back to square one. So they they went they go crazy thinking that a a bull would have a chance against a tiger. I think he'd have a chance. Like I said, I mean, the horn is the wild card thing. Because I mean, just a, a flick of the head, and it'd be a a death blow, really. But I I, just, I think the tiger is a little more athletic. Better to and are are, are to we it, you know to go after the bull. Are we conceding the fact that tigers are the are the biggest cat killers? Um, It'd have to be between a tiger and a lion, right? But tigers are yeah, much bigger. I would I would think. I mean, it definitely would come down to those two. I would think. I don't. I mean, I'm by, I'm by no means a a big jungle cat expert. So I, <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't know what we're talking about with regards to. You know, jaguars and pumas and all that kind of stuff, which I, they're much smaller, I'm sure. But, yeah, so, I, I mean, I, don't, I would assume it would be either a lion or a tiger. It would be the dominant cat. Uh, I think it's I think it's a tiger. Brundeems, he says, tiger undoubtedly wins. Bull trumps a bison. Tigers kill the game, kill game the size of bulls all the time. Yeah. First off, they generally kill in packs, don't they? Or maybe that's lions that kill in packs. Maybe tigers go by themselves. But even if they do, they don't kill things that are as big, muscular, and as as athletic. They might kill things that are faster than than bulls. But I'm not saying the bull is going to outrun the tiger and skip off to safety. I'm saying that bull is going to honker down and is going to be like a, a middle linebacker with horns going against a a big athletic wide receiver. I'm taking the bull. And I'm not telling you all at work to YouTube and, and waste the rest of your day. There is a video on YouTube of a tiger and a bull, and it looks like it's at some tiger sanctuary. So it's already a mismatch. It's, it, they obviously gave the tiger a nice home field advantage, and it doesn't look like a very big bull, and it looks like a huge tiger. So I'm not telling you to YouTube this video, but in this video, the tiger does... Well, the tiger looks like it's winning. The bull breaks out a couple times and gives it his all, but then all of a sudden the, the video is cut, and the next thing you see is the the bull getting carried out on a tractor and it doesn't look like the bull's moving. So I don't know what happens in between. But that that's not even a regular-sized bull. If you get an adult bull, who knows? Now Brun DMC is switching sides and said he's taking the bison over the bull. And I might take a bison over a tiger, too. It's just a bison's not as quick. I feel the tiger would just get on top of it and just wait it out. I don't know. It's fun. 
we would spend way too much time arguing mascot fights. Way too much time. In the NBA, it'd get really abstract and fun. Like, who would win the Magic or the Wizards or the Heat or the Sun? <laughs> so those would get pretty out of hand. I, I think basically what we said is the Heat wins because the Sun is nothing without Heat. And I think that we said the Magic beats the Wizards because the Wizards nothing without Magic. I, I, and I promise you, we, we talked about all these discussions just on just drinking beer. There's nothing else involved. I know those listening probably thinking that we had to be doing some other stuff to to have these type of arguments, but I promise you that's not the that's not the case. And then whether it comes down to the magic versus heat, I I, I don't know. That's I guess magic because you could magically make heat disappear. I don't know, but we'd have a good time with those. Seems like a lot of listeners are still caught caught up on the tiger and bull debate. Yes, Rob Blackhawk in the video the the tiger looks like it it was killing the bull, but it cuts off. Brun DMC says bison are the heaviest native land mammals in America. Bison heads are much larger than cattle. See, this is when I know that I'm doing a good sports talker debate is when we're not talking about sports and people are going out of their way to research the size of animals. I'm standing with the bull. And, and until I see, and I, I don't want to put, I don't want to put a bull and tiger together and, and make them fight. I'm all for animals living and being happy. But until I see a full-grown bull get taken down by tiger, maybe via natu- National Geographics, I'm not, I'm not going to concede this argument. While we're off topic, before we head to our last break, Yates, do you watch Homeland? I do not. Okay, I I got in on it late and watched the first two seasons like that. Got really excited for the third season, watched the first few episodes. It was slow, it wasn't very good. So I stopped. I didn't stop because it wasn't good. I stopped because I just got lost in the shuffle with all the other great shows that come on in the fall, which there are plenty. But now, with the fourth season starting this past Sunday, it kind of reminded me that, oh, I forgot to watch a lot of this. So I am catching up now, and man, the end of the third season is great. Still haven't watched the first two episodes of the fourth season, but Homeland, when they're having good episodes, it's as good as a show as any, and I mean that. I don't think it's very realistic for those that watch Homeland. I don't think... It, I, I, there's an American soldier that's turned terrorist and then he's turned back to an American and then he goes into hiding for a long time and now they're going to turn him uh, he, he's thought to be a terrorist again and then they're turning him back I, I don't know how realistic that part of, of it is he's a big going all over the place but a great show nonetheless an American Horror Story starts on Wednesday. Yates, I probably asked you this. You watched that? No, the wife watched it up until the last season, and then she 
sort of quit watching it. The witch, the witch season, I guess, was the last season, and she, yeah. she stopped watching that about halfway through. Yeah, it, I I was okay with the last season. The the best season was easily the first season, but Yates, you should watch on Wednesday. Every season they don't correlate with one another. It's a new storyline each season. So even if your wife hated the last one, there's always hope that this one's going to be better. So I would encourage you and all the listeners to watch because I'm gonna I might be talking a little bit about that throughout the season. Before we go to break, Clayby116 says Tiger wins. Tiger is way more quick and agile and could avoid the bull's horns. Plus, Tigers have nine lives, so the bull would have to get him with the horn nine times. Now, I think just one time to the throat would do it, Clay V116, and that's what would happen if this ever were to happen. We're going to head to our last commercial break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little sports, uh, finish up some of the thoughts from the NBA game at the KFC Yum Center on Saturday, why Louisville should have an NBA team, why it would work. And plenty more to talk about. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Sports Talker with T.J. Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We're back on the final segment getting uh, a lot of text and, and uh, a few tweets of some great things to talk about. I wanted to talk a little bit more about the NBA to Louisville and why that should happen. And that won't change tomorrow. I can still have that that same opinion and be able to talk about it and that will be all good and great. But some breaking news. UK redshirt defensive end freshman Lloyd Tubman suspended indefinitely following charges from Lexington police for sexual assault. Now, this uh, I don't think sexual assault is now becoming an issue. I think people are more willing to speak out, and that's great. But you're starting to see more and more of these pop up. Obviously, Florida's had a player suspended for sexual assault. The whole Jameis Winston scenario that was unbelievable. You're you're seeing it more and more, whether it's college, even in the NFL. And we don't know all the facts about this. We don't know what's true, what's not true. I've interviewed Lloyd Tubman several times. I was at his announcement at Seneca High School. Actually, it was at the Jefferson County Library. He was pretty much just raised by his mom, lived with his Sisters, a lot of sisters. This news really does surprise me, but this is where media members and and certainly fans need to be careful. Just because you're surprised by something doesn't mean it can't happen and can't mean that it it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. We don't know all the facts here, but this is uh, really troubling, and this is why it's troubling for me. 
imagine how many non-athletes are coming out and saying this. And, and I, the, that was the first thing I thought of when I thought this. And a former Cats Illustrated employee, Ben Jones, who now covers sports for Florida State, said the, the same thing. Imagine on a college campus how many non how many times this happens with non-athletes so uh, i think sexual assault especially on college campuses needs to be uh, a a bigger issue it, it's something that can unfortunately can happen easily especially when alcohol is involved and it can come in all different scenarios and situations But uh, this is a big problem, and, and you do need to wait for the facts and the details of this story to come out. But he was arrested. A and if it is true, if there was a crime committed, he needs to be kicked off UK's team immediately. Without question. Now, you, you do want to be patient. You do want to wait and get the facts. But there's no wiggle room here for Stoops. There's no wiggle room here for UK. This is a, a serious issue. This is already, unfortunately, going to stick with Tubman throughout his career at UK, even in, in the best-case scenario for him. It's untrue. This is something that's going to, to stick with him. But you, but you hope it's not true, Just not, not just from a UK athlete standpoint, but from a just hoping UK's campus is safer than that. But we'll have to wait and see. But again, you, you've seen so many teams, whether it's NFL or college, have issues similar to this. And you see where it blows up. It blows up when the wrong decisions are made. UK can't control what their players do. They can't control... Stoops can't control what his team does when they're off the field. But they can control how they react when something negative happens like this. So to, be, to suspend him indefinitely was the right move. Let's see how the facts play out. And if it happens to be true, instantly needs to go. And that would be unfortunate for UK. Lloyd Tubman was a big recruit, a guy Kentucky desperately wanted. Got him to decommit from Vanderbilt after James Franklin left. And then it was really a fight between UK and Penn State. Kentucky beat out Penn State for him. He was going to redshirt, was expected to help fill the void that Bud Dupree and Zadarius Smith would leave next year. But you kiss all that goodbye. You can't have players like this on your team. You can't have guys like this in your program. And you can't have students like this on your campus if you're the University of Kentucky. So we'll wait and see before I start saying some other stuff and saying what, you know, possible solutions of what needs to be done. But really all around already an unfortunate situation, not even knowing the facts. So not good news, 
Hopefully it's not as bad as it sounds. Soup said, obviously, he's concerned with the allegations and all parties involved. Soup said that they're working extremely hard to develop quality young men on and off the field. We'll continue to cooperate with local and campus authorities while the process takes its course. So we'll have to wait and see. But an unfortunate week, two weeks off the field for UK football. But in my opinion, if this is true, this wasn't a mistake. This wasn't kids being kids and making a mistake by carrying a gun around, a, a toy gun around on campus. This was a crime committed and should be, if true, charged, convicted. We'll have to wait and see. Not a happy way to end the sports talker, but that's sports sometimes, and that's life sometimes. So we'll be back tomorrow. Plenty to talk about. Thanks for listening. We'll see you then. They say welcome to the 502 Take the Georgia boy, show them how Kentucky do Oprah Freaks, classics, paint Kentucky blue They say don't forget 272 Song call it blue, grass song call it purple I'ma call it home, take a shot of Tron Lay back in the lap and take two to the dome Ride from the bill to BG in my zone